Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Murphy's League. The trade deadline was today so there was a lot of moves going on. I'm obviously going to start the episode with that and then I'm going to go into a recap of last week's game so be sure to stay tuned for it all. If you enjoy the content be sure to follow my Instagram at Murphy's League, share this with your friends and family and let's get right into it guys. Alright, so like I said, trade deadline was today, Tuesday, November 1st, so there was a lot of last minute trades going on. I'm here to break it all down for you guys. The day started, well it kind of started last week, but we already talked about it. We talked about the Christian McCaffrey trade, we talked about the Robert Quinn trade. It really started this morning with Roquan, or I guess maybe this was last night, with Roquan Smith going to the Baltimore Ravens, another Chicago Bear, arguably our best defensive player left. And this was a pretty controversial move amongst Bears fans and even some Baltimore fans alike. But me personally, I actually really do like the move. I think it's really beneficial from the Bears point of view. I actually don't like it as much from the Ravens side. Again, maybe this is my bias showing, but I just love the picks we were able to get. Um, obviously, our front office couldn't agree on a contract with him before the season starting. It sounds like he wants 20 plus million. And to be completely frank, I love Roquan as much as the next guy. He is an all pro linebacker who is amazing instinctually, always seems to be at the right place at the right time, making tackles. But at the end of the day, when you get erased from a run game, that happens decently consistency. And then on top of that, you're asking for that kind of money for a team that's frankly not good where it's not like we're winning football games that's not how you build a roster it's really putting yourself in a tough situation and i know we have a lot of cap space if you're paying a linebacker that kind of money before you're paying these key positions like quarterback like receiver like tackle even that we can still go after obviously braxton jones looking like a, a bright spot for the bears but my point is there's much bigger needs on this team and frankly the team really can't afford it for a guy who might be walking anyways to get a second and a fifth round pick as well as another linebacker just to add some depth to that room i absolutely love this move from the bears point of view they're saving a ton of money they're adding to this draft which by the way they received someone else today so i'll get into that after this but i mean now they have just the original second round pick they've got their first rounder they've got a couple thirds i think they have multiple besides that i believe they have eight picks in total throughout the draft throughout the seven seven round draft so i really like what our front office is doing i know it's been a little bit of a, a whirlwind of emotions for us bears fans and all that but at the end of the day i like what we did i think it was a really good move and let's move on to I don't know which one I want to talk about next. Let's talk about Bradley Chubb. Let's go there. Um, Bradley Chubb was traded to the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins got Bradley Chubb in a fifth-round pick. They gave away Chase Edmonds a first-round pick and a fourth-round pick in 2024. That first-round pick was from the 49ers. It, there's a stat going around that all the Niners' picks ended up being Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, and... Bradley Chubb and while that's kind of true there was a little more to that they gave up to get those guys it still is insane to think about it because I think this is exactly the type of player the Dolphins needed on their defense I think it's a really good addition for them I love the creativity they show week in and week out of defense but their pass rush without blitzing is just average there's nothing special about it I really like Jalen Phillips as a young guy emerging really liked him coming out a couple years ago but I mean 
outside of that they need a little more help there this gives them the opportunity to not blitz as heavily not leave their guys on islands as much in coverage which has been burning them in the past this year obviously we saw it a couple times um already this year but my point is I really like this move from the Dolphins' point of view. And from the Broncos' point of view, it makes sense for them too. It totally makes sense what they're doing here. I don't think they wanted to pay this guy anyways. He had has has had excuse me his injuries in the past. And they, they're getting a first-round pick. They're getting some running back depth with they desperately need. It's going to be a really good third-down running back there. I still really like what Chase Edmonds does. Um, and then another pick on top of that. So they're stashing up in that regard because obviously... They're missing a lot from the Russell Wilson trade. So to get one of those back, I think it's a pretty good move for them. Um, I like it for both these teams. Up next, so let's let's get to this one now because I'm, I need to get this t- sooner or later. Chase Claypool went to the Chicago Bears for a second-round pick. I like this move. I'm a little more hesitant about this one. I really like the Roquan Smith a lot more than what we just did here. But at the same time, we already have two first-round or t- sorry, two second-round picks. So one of those is going away. That's not the worst thing in the world. And Chase Kluppel, at the end of the day, still has a lot of potential. He's still a really young wide receiver that I think can fit with what Justin Fields is trying to do pretty well. And more specifically, this offense. I like the way he fits in this Getsy offense. I think they're going to use him more as a weapon. We saw that in flashes in Pittsburgh where he was taking these jet sweeps. And he's just such a freak. I mean, he's huge, obviously. But he's extremely fast, too. People don't really account that. And this receiving room all of a sudden has a lot of speed they've got a lot of guys that maybe don't excel in a ton of areas but they're they're very niche they've got some guys that can do some really good things they've got a couple speedsters in Velas jones darnell mooney and honestly claypool might be in that category they've got big receivers like Nikhil and like claypool um they've got guys who can run block really well like equinemius st brown and can catch you know get yards after the catch which i would put claypool in that category too so i mean for a second round pick Obviously, Notre Dame boy, so played college ball very close to Chicago. I'm sure a lot of Bears fans watched him a ton in Notre Dame. Um, I like it. It's, I mean, it's not the best move. It's not the most flashy thing, but I do like it. And considering what TJ Hawkinson was just giving up for, you know what? I'll take it. So let's get to that move. Now, now I'm talking about it. The Vikings got TJ Hawkinson today. In an interdivisional trade, very rare. Do you see those? Even though it's like the third time these teams have done it in like a calendar year, which is weird. People aren't talking about it enough. That t- this team did it for Jamison Williams way back in the draft. But not, that's not the point. The Vikings got TJ Hawkinson, a fourth round pick, and a conditional fourth rounder. I believe a conditional fourth rounder next year. Hold on. Yeah, that, that's it. And I think it can turn into a fifth. I'm not exactly sure of the conditions on it. I have to look that up. But the Lions got a second and a third round pick. So, I mean, I <laughs> it's one of those moves where it's like six one way, half a dozen the other. Because I get why the Lions want to move on from Hawkinson. They don't want to give him a big contract. And he might be worth that money, but he has been beat up. And this Lions team, again, is just not winning football games right now. So, save some cap, get some extra picks, and keep rebuilding. I get that. And then from the Vikings' point of view, they really don't use their tight ends much in this offense. Kyle Rudolph was the last decently effective tight end in this offense, and really he wasn't doing that much either. Kirk Cousins really targets the wide receiver position. Feels like more than any other quarterback in the league. I saw a stat today that he is literally 33rd in QBR when targeting his tight ends. So I get it. I, I Hawkinson can do a lot for you, and he's really, really good, especially after the catch as a tight end. Um, just gives them another weapon in this offense. I just, it feels like a lot given up. I, I don't know. I don't really know how to feel this move, especially if you're not going to pay the guy anyways. So it, it's just a little weird to me, but 
that happened today. And it kind of just feels like, again, six one way, half a dozen the other. Um, and then this weird, this was a really weird trade as well. The Jaguars traded for Calvin Ridley. They gave up a fifth round pick and then a second round pick that's conditional that I think can only be a second round pick if he makes like, it's, it's next year though. It's like 2024. Hold on. Let me, let me get the specifics of this before I just pull this out of my ass. Um, yeah yeah so it is in 2024 this conditional second rounder is in 2024 i believe it's only a second round pick if he's a pro bowler and the jaguars make the playoffs so more than likely it's going to be a third round pick so the jaguars basically gave up a third round pick and a fifth round pick this year and the third round pick the next year for calvin ridley and a lot of people are giving the jaguars a lot of shit for this but honestly i don't hate it and i, I don't hate it from the falcons point of view entirely either because it feels like their do- offense is just going in such a different direction and who knows when he's going to be back. I expect him to be back next year. But, I mean, Calvin Ridley was a damn good wide receiver when he was in the NFL. I think people are maybe forgetting how good he was. And, yeah, Trevor Lawrence isn't playing his best football right now. But they've had their flashes this year. And that's a really good weapon to add in this receiving core. There's just a lot of really fast, shifty route runner dudes. Like, there's a lot to like in this receiving room, adding Calvin Ridley once he is there. I don't know when that will be. But once he is there... I do like that from that point of view. The Falcons, they're going with this like basketball team at receiver, it feels like. Drake London, Kyle Pitts, those twos are just two two receivers. I know Kyle's technically a tight end, but two just six four plus wide receivers um, that can also do some special things after the catch. So and obviously Ridley's not around right now and who knows what he's gonna do for a contract and all that. So I get that, but it's just it was just a weird move from both teams. And it's, it's a name you haven't heard in a, a long time. So from that point of view, it was also just strange hearing that name again. Um, another move that I really liked was the Buffalo Bills acquiring Naheem Hines. The Colts got Zach Moss and a conditional fifth round pick. I don't know what the conditions are on that pick. Again, I have to check, but I don't want to do that right now. From the Bills' point of view, though, I really like what Naheem Hines can do for him. It feels very similar to James Cook, and it is a very crowded backroom between Singletary, now Hines, and Cook. But I think Hines is a really damn good scat back. He is like Dollar Tree Austin Eckler, and maybe I'm a little biased because you guys know how much I love Austin Eckler. But, I mean, he can do so much as a receiver out of the backfield. He is a great third down back for this offense that loves to pass the ball all the fucking time and you don't really know what's going to hit you i mean he can still run the ball obviously and james cook can still do that as well but i mean from from receiving standpoints both of these backs are absolutely excellent it gives them a lot of versatility in this offense that it's not like it was lacking versatility anyways and we all know how incredible josh allen is that's just some argue that maybe they're too reliant on Josh Allen to make this whole thing work. I just think he's incredible enough that it, they just find a way. And I I just really trust him. Um, I really like this move for the Bills. Not as much for the Colts, but I mean, it's just like for the Colts, it's like whatever. You know what I mean? Like this is Zach Moss conditional fifth round pick. They have Jonathan Taylor. So it's like who fucking cares? Then this this was funny. This was just funny to me. Um, the Miami Dolphins got Jeff Wilson Jr. They're bringing all the former 49ers running backs back for a fifth round pick. Again, it's like six one way, half a dozen the other. It's like Jeff Wilson Jr. Awesome. He was pretty productive for you. Now you have a very crowded back room. Elijah Mitchell's about to come back. This is from the Niners' point of view. And the Miami Dolphins, you just gave up Chase Edmonds. Raheem Mostert seems to be the guy there, but he's made of glass and you can't really trust his house so get jeff wilson in there it's like it makes sense from both sides but it's not that flashy 
Um, what's there's one more that I wanted to talk about in here. This one was pretty weird. So the Steelers got William Jackson in a seventh round pick. The Commanders only got a sixth round pick for this. So I mean, Jackson probably would have gotten released if this trade didn't happen. So it's a pretty low risk move for the for the Steelers. But in that regard, I like it. Um, they're taking on a pretty big contract. So it would obviously suck a lot if Jackson ended up not looking like he was um, earlier in his career because obviously he's had some ups and downs. But it, it is a pretty high upside trade for the Steelers. I like that in that regard. I still feel like Jackson has some potential. Obviously, his relationship went really sour with the commanders. So the commanders just kind of got what they could. They did the best with the situation that they were dealt. And for a low-risk move from the Steelers' point of view, I do like it. I just hope, you know, that cap space doesn't come back to bite him in the ass. But... It's not like they're playing for that much this year anyways. Oh, this was a weird move. I don't think people are talking enough about this. The Falcons got Rashad Fenton from the Kansas City Chiefs. Not like he's been incredible for the Chiefs or anything, but the Chiefs have really, really struggled in the back end of the season. As far as their secondary goes, I'm pretty sure they've allowed the most touchdowns, passing touchdowns, that is, in the league. So... It was a weakness for them, and they lost a piece in that weakness. Again, even if it wasn't the strongest link in that chain, it still doesn't help the problem. It, it's still taken away from a little bit of that depth. I know Trent McDuffie should be back soon, and that should help. Um, this feels like more of a roster spot move. But, I mean, Rashad Fenton was a starter at the end of the day. He's done some good things for your team. He's been there for a while. He knows the scheme well. Um, I just don't really get it from the Chiefs' point of view. And from the Falcons' point of view, again, it, I don't expect this team to do much this season um i get why they did it because their cornerbacks have been beat up casey hayward and um aj terrell have had their injuries so from that point of view i absolutely get it and i just don't nearly understand it as much from the kansas city point of view um th i think that's all the trades that really went down today that are really of you know significance so let me double check this page here and then yeah, that's really all the ones I want to talk about. So let's get into a recap from last week's action. Um, there were some... It was a really good week, betting-wise. If you followed my pod on Thursday, which I hope you fucking did, I hope I made you guys some money because I was feeling damn good after that 125 window. The Commanders, Taylor Heineke. Shout out Heineke. What a fucking legend. Absolute legend. That was incredible stuff. Like, I was watching it with Jack. Shout out Jack, if you're listening to this. And uh, being with a Commanders fan in that moment, <laughs> it sucks that I have to say Commanders, but, and I know he's cringing if he's listening to this, but my point is, that was fucking awesome. Go, good for Heineke, good for McLaurin. McLaurin and him just seem to have this connection that's so incredible. It always comes together at the end of the game. They always seem to pull something miraculous out of their fucking ass. And they're a really entertaining football team to watch because of that. That Bears game was entertaining down at the end of the game. They've had, like, seriously, like, all their games have been more entertaining than the Broncos. I'll just put it that way. They should be in primetime more often. A really fun team to watch. Uh, if you didn't watch that Colts game, go watch the highlights because it was fucking incredible. I had them in like three parlays. I don't know why I had that much faith in uh, money in Heineke's hands, but you know what? I did, and it worked out. So who fucking cares? All right, let's get into Thursday Night Football. Ravens versus Bucks. Obviously previewed this game, talked about this game, took the Ravens in this game. Let's go. Ravens ended up winning. Um, I think the biggest storyline out of this game, obviously, other than Tampa continuing just to slip into oblivion, and I guess I can talk about that before I get into the Ravens side of the ball. Yeah, the Bucks just, they, there's just something wrong with this team right now. They're not clicking on any sort of level. They don't look like this elite juggernaut they've looked like for years past. They don't look like the team that won a Super Bowl two years 
at all. Like Brady's off on some of his throws. He seems to be just not connecting with Evans. It looks like beginning of the year Bucks when, but even worse, when they won the Super Bowl, when they lost to the Bears. That they look like that team, and it's just we've seen that this team be so much better. It's just it's bizarre. I don't. Um, I think there's a lot of off the field issues going on with Brady. Um, health has to do a little bit with it. Obviously, Julio's had his injuries. Chris Godwin, he was hurt for a little bit, but I mean, he's been playing for the most part. Um, secondary's been really beat up, so that's not helping at all. They have to ask some young guys to step up. But I mean, and now Shaq Leonard, or sorry, not Shaq Leonard, Shaq Barrett is out for the year. So, I mean, stuff just really isn't looking good in Tampa, but it's just so weird because it, at the end of the day, it doesn't feel like the personnel is that different. They still have some of the same coaches. Obviously, it's the Brady effect. You, you, you're you never used to seeing Brady below 500. Nevertheless, two games below 500, just eight games into the year. So, really weird stuff. They, I don't know. I don't, I don't, it might be, started, it might be uh, time to start panicking down there in Tampa. I didn't say it. Don't quote me on that, but it's just not looking good right now. That's really not news to anyone who's been watching them. As far as the Baltimore Ravens go, they finally hold a lead. They finally win in the fourth quarter. Um, this was the type of game that they're set up to lose because they've been losing these types of games all year. But they ended up coming out with it. Lamar Jackson just playing a clean game, even with Mark Andrews basically being a non-factor in this game. I believe he was hurt pretty early on in the game. They had other guys really step up big for him. Demarcus Robinson made some really incredible catches, especially on third down, just like really key catches. Excuse me, Isaiah Likely really damn good prospect at tight end one of the like most freaky prospects ever i don't think people realize that i talked about him a little bit coming out but really stepped up big for them in this game um he, he looks really damn good i hopefully rashad bateman's going to be coming back devin duvernay is becoming a much more complete receiver and he's just so damn fast really good weapon they have there and then gus edwards everyone else Kenyon drake again Kenyon drake being really damn effective, kind of weird to see, and it's just weird to see this Bucks defense get run on the way they did. They, they were getting moved around. There was obviously that clip of Tyler Lindebaum just absolutely pancaking Devin White in this game. Uh, shout out Tyler Lindebaum, love that guy. Was so huge on him coming out of college. Good to see him making plays. But they were just moving people. My God, the rushing totals in this game were ridiculous. Gus Edwards, five point nine yards a carry. Kenyon Drake, eight point. 9 yards of carry, Lamar Jackson 4.8, Devin Duvernay only 2 touches, but 33 yards and a touchdown, that's a damn good day, Justice Hill 4 touches for 28 yards, 7 yards a pop, so I mean, you're just not used to seeing that type of stuff, something is very off with this Buccaneers team, that's really off to say about this game, I that was so long ago at this point, um, I'm going to be honest, I didn't watch the London game because I don't want to watch the Broncos and the Jags, I feel like that's enough said about that one, um, the Lions, <laughs> I'm just going to cover each game quickly, um, I don't really have notes on this game, but the Lions choked the shit out of this. Tua did play a really much better game than last week. Um, this scheme is incredible. I mean, Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle are just... They always seem like they're wide fucking open. It's like, how is this possible? And I think so much of it is this scheme. I think people eventually will catch on to it. And I do worry about when they get in these cold weather, December, especially playoff type atmosphere games. I do worry about this team a little bit. The speed will kind of slow down. Um, Tua might be a little more stiff, but I, you never know. My point is, I, I think that this team will eventually come down to earth. I had the under in this game, which was fucking stupid. Hopefully you didn't take that. That was a really bad call. Um... But yeah, poor Lions. Poor, poor Lions. They were up so big in this game, and it looked so promising. And then, you know, the Dolphins do the thing they do. Uh, ended up holding their lead in the fourth quarter. I don't think anyone scored in the fourth, if I'm not mistaken. But I mean, just the numbers are ridiculous. Like, Tyreek Hill, 12 catches, 188 fucking yards. That is so 
just absurd. He's leading the league in yards or receiving yards by such an insane margin now. And Jalen Waddles, I think, still in the top five. Eight catches, 106, and two more tutties for him. So, my God, I slept on these guys so hard in fantasy football. It makes me cringe just thinking about it. Um, let's move on. I don't want to talk about that game anymore. Um, let's move on to the Falcons Panthers. What a shit show, but amazing game. It was just such a bizarre watch because there was so much that went on and there were so many points. But at the end of the day, all I remember from this fucking game is Eddie Pinheiro. Former Chicago Bears Kishker just absolutely blowing this game twice. Um, obviously, a lot of people are talking about DJ Moore taking his helmet off and then the kick eventually getting moved back, which you know could have forced the hand into it being missed. But what was it, like 44 yards or something like that? Dude, you're fucking an NFL kicker. You should make that. You're basically playing indoors. I know it's a way, but like, Jesus Christ. And I've seen him do it too many times on the Bears. And yeah, I, it's weird. I guess what I really should be talking about this game is how weirdly competitive these two teams seem to be, even though you really didn't think they were going to be winning many football games, especially the Panthers trading away Robbie Anderson and their best offensive player in Christian McCaffrey not having they're basically playing with their third quarterback so it's just really weird situation going on there but i mean pj walker just continuing to ball out building off that great performance he had against the buccaneers um obviously they're a little beat up in that secondary but i mean fuck the falcons are a little beat up too but i mean you got to give him his credit he made some incredible throws obviously the throw at the end of the game is one that really stands out the bomb to dj moore which was fucking ridiculous if you haven't seen that go watch that clip but i mean the Falcons were doing this their thing too. They've, they're continuing to show they have an elite run game. Genu genuinely elite. And if you have a good run game, you can chew clock and be competitive with nearly any football team as long as you don't get behind early. And that didn't end up happening in this one. But it didn't matter because Eddie Pinheiro fucking <laughs> blew it twice. Uh, even He had literally the perfect redemption shot to it in overtime and then shanked that one too. And then Young Way Koo just doing Young Way Koo things and kicking it to win... And now the Falcons sit solely in first place in the NFC South. Yeah, what the fuck is going on? What a weird-ass league. Um, Vikings-Cardinals. Again, Vikings just continue to find ways to win. Cardinals' offense looks so much better with DeAndre Hopkins there. It's like night and day. But, I mean, Vikings continue to find ways to win. Zadarius Smith looks like a great pickup for him. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited about my prediction before the season started about the Vikings because it's looking pretty good. All right, now you guys knew I was going to talk about this game. I'm probably going to spend the most time on this game. And for that reason, I'm going to pause here really quick. Take a drip of... Si pa, pa, pa. There we go. That's why I need a sip of water. And then resume. <laughs> All right. So you probably already guessed it. I'm going to talk about the Bears. I don't give a fuck. You can skip over the next however long... Um, I'm going to go on a little rant here. Because obviously we've made all these moves in the trades, but that's not what this is about. Our offense has been showing up. And I mean showing up. They were moving people against the Dallas Cowboys. Obviously, we lost the fucking game by 20. That's a whole different issue. I'll get into that. The point is, we look like we have a competent offense for the first time in forever. And it is so refreshing to see Justin Fields actually showing a ton of bright spots. Like, consistent play, because that's what this whole year was about, in my opinion. This whole year was just proving if Justin can be the guy, if this fucking... 
team around him won't just ruin his development. And it's really not looking like that right now. I really like, I talked about this a lot yesterday, so I'll try and keep it fairly brief, but I really like what our offensive coordinator and what our offense is doing a whole, as a whole with Justin and his skills. I'm, they're really using him as a runner. They're doing a lot more RPOs. They're getting him out in the boot and the naked a lot more. It's really beneficial for his game. And I mean, it shows up in the numbers and it shows up in the game. He's making big plays. He had... He had a 122 passer rating this game, 17 for 23, 151 yards, two touchdowns. He's getting everyone involved. He's distributing the ball. Obviously, Donald Mooney taking the most targets in this game, but I mean, Nikhil Harry getting this touchdown, David Montgomery getting a few catches in there, having a really bad fumble um, that Justin Fields is getting a lot of hate for, but that's neither here nor there. Cole Komet finally getting in the end zone. I am getting concerned about Vilas Jones Jr. He had a pretty bad drop on a gorgeous ball from Justin Fields that would have put us on like the five yard line or something I think even closer than that so am a little worried about that obviously didn't like the draft pick when it happened still haven't seen a lot from him now I like the, that they're using him in jet sweeps and that type of stuff because the speed is there you can obviously see it I just need to see the ball skills develop because the, it, there's there's something there but I just I worry I worry a lot Khalil Herbert continuing to shine looking like Again, the best running back in this backfield. I, I, I wasn't so sure to jump to that conclusion, but I mean, he's continuing to show a lot of promise. It was basically a 50-50 split from those guys this game, but I mean, Khalil, 6.2 yard average again. Uh, another touchdown in this one. And then David Montgomery, only 3.5 yards a carry. I know he's a little more of the bruiser guy, but I just don't think he fits as well with the scheme, what we're doing. Khalil just seems to be the guy here, especially, you know, he's younger, he's cheaper. It seems like he's going to be our guy going forward. Kind of surprised we didn't move on from David Montgomery, but it feels like people just don't value running backs very heavily, so who knows what we would have even got for him. Regardless, let's talk about the Callis, the, the Callis Dowboys. Wow, that's what happens when you talk for fucking 24 minutes straight. Let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys. Um, obviously, their offense showed up fucking big in this one. They dropped 49 on our heads, technically 42, because their defense got six points for him too. But I mean... It looks like it's finally clicking with Dak back. The biggest storyline coming away from this game is, are they finally going to make Tony Pollard their RB1? It doesn't seem like a debate anymore. Um, I wasn't so quick to jump to conclusions that other people were, but I totally understood the argument. Tony was just obviously way more explosive. That was like no question. We've always seen that in his game. He's always had the higher yards per carry. He's got a little less muscle to him, but he's much more quick. He's much more shifty. Um, he just seems to fit this offense really well. I am concerned about the Dallas Cowboys going forward because I really thought they should have made a move for another receiver at this trade deadline. I'm so surprised that Brandon Cooks is not a Dallas Cowboy right now. I really thought that move was going to happen. Um, and it does concern me a little bit that CeeDee Lamb is basically their only guy in the receiving room that I really trust. And he is a one. CeeDee Lamb is an absolute stud. But I don't know what happens if he gets hurt. I like Michael Gallup a lot. I like what Noah Brown has shown in flashes during this season. But Michael Gallup's obviously a guy coming off an ACL injury. He's had a couple incredible catches, but he's not the one. No one expects him to be the one, and you shouldn't ask him to be a one. Um, obviously, not ever hoping to injury on anybody, but if CD were to get hurt, it would concern me a little bit. Regardless, yeah, Tony Pollard shined. He was incredible. And the Bears defense just absolutely did not show up this game. Like, I don't know where the fuck we were eddie jackson had a pick in this one adding to his total of i think he has four on the year he's leading the league in interceptions or at least tied for the league in interceptions i know that um but yeah our defense just absolutely did not show up pass or 
run. We could not stop anybody. Dak Prescott had a really good day in the air, looking like, you know, OG Dak. Tony Pollard obviously tore us up on the ground. But as a whole, I'm really excited from what I saw from the Chicago Bears, and I really like there's something to be hopeful for here, and obviously adding Chase Claypool should help with our future. Um, let's just cover a, a few quick games right now. I'm just going to speed run this shit. Saints Raiders. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, what the fuck? Right when I thought that the Saints defense was so bad and I was finally buying in, like, oh, God, I'm overvaluing this personnel. There's no way they're this, like, good. Like, I just thought they were a good defense coming into the year. I thought they were going to be really damn good. And so I took the over in this game. I smashed the over in this game. Yeah, the Raiders fucking didn't cross the half-yard line all game. They absolutely clamped Devontae Adams. Josh Jacobs was a non-factor. Derek Carr was on one of my fantasy teams. He got, like, one point. It was crazy. I couldn't believe this game. Um, good for the Saints. The Saints seem to be coming into their own at a really good time because the NFC South is getting competitive. The Bucks obviously are no-show this season. I mean, maybe that's an exaggeration, but they're still 3-5. and five. They're only a game behind the lead or the division lead. So, Alvin Kamara showing up at the right time, looking like old Alvin Kamara, absolute superstar in this game. And then, I like that Andy Dalton's a starter going forward, I expect that to stay. Um, yeah, let's move on. Again, speed running this shit. Eagles, Steelers, yeah, who saw this coming? Oh, wait, everyone, no one fucking cares. Patriots, Jets, yeah, Zach Wilson is absolutely holding this team back. This is a loaded roster. This is a good coaching staff. Love what they're doing defensively. They're two young corners, best corner duo in the league, arguably already. Love what this team is doing, but Zach Wilson, he uh, okay. I saw this meme today that described it perfectly. Zach Wilson plays like Mahomes if Mahomes was blackout drunk. It's fucking true. This guy is the worst quarterback under pressure by a mile, and all these PFF metrics agree. And I was listening to Sam Monson talking about this at PFF, but if you just watch the fucking film. It's true. How does he end up at the sideline of all these plays? It's just, and the Patriots just have it out for him. I mean, this defense is too good. This, they're too well coached. Zach Wilson just really holding this team back. I think they'd be better with Flacco right here, right now. And I don't know. Obviously, still a young quarterback. You can hold out hope for him and all. But I didn't like the pick. I didn't like what I saw from this game at all. And this is a damn competitive Jets football team that had a lot of wins this year due to this core. But Zach Wilson's really getting in their way, and I just can't help but feel like he cost them this game. Titans-Texans, Derrick Henry is the Texans' daddy. If you averaged his stats over the last four starts against the Texans, it would be 3,000-something. It'd be like 4,000 yards and 40 touchdowns over the span of a season. I don't know what else to say. Derrick Henry owns his team. Titans are too well coached. Love that I took the under in this game. Love that I took the Titans big in this game. If you did... Whoa, let's get that bread. All right, Seahawks, Giants. I got to talk about this one for a little bit. I can't really speed run this one. I feel like I have to talk about every single fucking game this week. But these, these were, they were great games. And they're getting like, it's getting really interesting because some of these teams that, you know, look like they were pretenders or seriously holding on. Other teams that look like, oh, they're going to get good. They're going to correct their shit are still staying bad like the Packers and the Bucks. So it's a really interesting season. I fucking love this season. I love that everything's backwards. It's really fun. It makes for really good narratives. It makes for really fun bets. And just what a great NFL season. What This is a perfect representation of how great this NFL season is. The Seahawks are now 5-3, and three and the Giants are 6-2. and two. Who the fuck thought you were going to be saying that before the season started? And that is the best part about the NFL. That is why the season is so badass. But let's talk about this game. Oh, Richie James, you are probably getting so much hate mail from Giants fans. There's a good argument to be made that he cost him this game. But, I mean, 
maybe they shouldn't have been put in those positions anyways. Maybe they shouldn't, you know, have so many punts back and forth for the Seahawks. But, I mean, this Giants defense does a lot of really good things. I really like what I'm seeing from them defensively. I don't think they're getting enough credit because, obviously, the offense has been holding its own and Saquon Barkley has been an absolute star. Um, so far this season, the Seahawks absolutely shut them down in this game, but that's neither here nor there. So much credit to the Seahawks defense, but we'll talk about the Seahawks new dynasty in a second. Let's talk about the Giants right now. The Giants aren't getting enough credit defensively. Wink Margandale is, is just consistently scheming up amazing game plans for their offense to be put in positions to succeed. Uh, Daniel Jones finally coming back down to earth a little bit in this one. Uh, it's finally showing through that. He just doesn't have really good weapons on the outside. When your Tanner Hudson is your third most targeted receiver, that's just not good. Or second most targeted, actually. That's just not a recipe for success. Um, they really had to just use a ton of guys in this game because they just have so few guys, if you will. And, I mean, let's talk about the Seahawks. So the Giants finally, I mean, this ha this was coming, right? This correction was coming. I've been saying it for, like, a few weeks now. They were bound to lose one of these games. The Seahawks absolutely catching fire right now looking like seriously one of the better teams in the nfc um especially with how weak the nfc is right now but the giants coming back down to earth a little bit i still think this is a third place divisional team i still think they have a really good shot at making the playoffs obviously six wins helps a lot i still think they're going to make the playoffs um but we saw a little bit more of their weaknesses in this game especially on the outside lacking just perimeters on the outside or sorry perimeters whoa uh, weapons on the perimeter. Oh, Jesus Christ, that came out wrong. And now let's talk about the Seahawks. Seahawks, is this like the best fucking draft class we've seen year one, like ever? These rookies are killing it for them. I mean, Kenneth Murray continuing to do his thing in this one. Um, everyone just seems so bought into this culture, to what Pete Carroll is doing, to Geno Smith. They're all winning games, and obviously oh, they're all winning games, no fucking shit. But it's all coming together. It, I just They're so cohesive. They all seem to pick each other up. I mean, this is just such a fun team to watch right now. Again, who would have thought they'd be 5-3? and three? My God. Um, I guess we got to start with Gino. Gino continuing to play amazing football, just mistake-free football. He threw some dimes in this game that were dropped by Tyler Lockett. You almost never see that. His numbers could have been even better in this one. Uh, DK Metcalf, if you haven't seen this clip, go look it up. Kenneth Murray's touchdown at the end of the game to basically ice it out. DK Metcalf ran a decoy, like, fade route, basically. He, like, faked the over-the-shoulder, completely got the DB to open up and just avoid the tackle on Kenneth. Just a, such a high IQ play, and that's the type of shit I'm talking about. This team is just so bought in, and they're so well-coached, and I just, I can't help but feel I love what I'm seeing. And even though their run game really wasn't going in this one, Gino, you know, carried the load when he needed to. I mean, Kenneth Walker, yeah, he had that big play at the end of the game to really seal it out, but other than that, he was really ineffective this game for the first time all year only 2.8 yards a, a carry so i mean yeah it's just the seahawks are doing so much right they nailed two tackles in one draft they got a star corner they got a fucking star running back it looks like it's just incredible how quickly this team is able to turn around and it really makes you think what positions would the broncos and the seahawks be in if they never made that trade it's just it's a really fun exercise to think about. Obviously, it doesn't matter at the end of the day, but it's just, it's it's really cool. Commanders, Colts, I don't think I have to say anything else about that game because I'm just so, I already talked about how fucking hyped I was for Heineke in that game, and that's really all I remember from that game. It was really a doozy until the end of the game, and then the end of the game was just filled with drama. So fun to watch. Um, 
So I'm not going to talk about that game. The Niners versus the Rams. I got to talk about this game. The Rams continue to slip. It sounds like Cooper Cup had a little ankle injury in this one. It sounds like he's going to be fine. I expect him to play next week. Um, I don't know if that's confirmed. I'd have to check that later in the week. I'll probably know by Thursday. But, I mean, the 49ers just showing that McCaffrey was every bit worth that trade. I criticized it a little bit. I can't I can't lie, but, I mean, he took over this game. It was, it was McCaffrey against the world. Three all-purpose touchdowns. One rushing, one receiving. And then one incredible passing touchdown. Aired it out to Brandon Ayuk. Um, this is why they got him. He is just a fucking weapon. Shanahan is a mastermind. He has two of these guys. This team is loaded. Each week, they're going to get someone back. They're getting healthier and healthier. I really fucking love. I'm buying into this Niners team so heavy right now. Um, I was a little slow to get on the bandwagon, but I got on it a couple weeks ago, and I'm fucking riding it, boys. I think this team is so damn good. Obviously, we expect them to beat their interconference rivals that they've beaten seven times in a row, now eight, but... It was a pretty close game, and they just absolutely showed up at the end of the game. McCaffrey, again, showing up big, making a lot of plays. But, I mean, other than that, they just had con contributions from everyone. Um, their defense is going to get healthier, and I just love how well-coached this team is. Love their weapons. Love the story. McCaffrey looks so good in that fucking jersey. So, a lot of really cool stuff going on there. Bills, Packers. Um, I don't even know where to start in this game because I feel like this just kind of went exactly how I thought it went or how I thought it would go. It's just such a weird sight seeing the Packers down by like 10 plus and them running the ball when you have Aaron Rodgers. It's such a bizarre sight. I, I totally get why they're doing it. They have no fucking weapons on the perimeter. That's no, that's not news. We've all known that. They didn't make a move at the deadline. That's the only surprising part about all this. I thought they were the ones that were going to get Claypool. Uh, ended up being us. That's pretty chill. Took him from the rivals. That's pretty chill. Um, but we all know what the Bills are. They're, maybe they're a little too over-reliant on Josh Allen. Their run game looks really good in this one, so that's a bright spot. Um, he threw he threw two picks in this one, and it felt like everyone was just like, yeah, like it, it literally does not matter. Like they're still gonna fucking win the game. Like I don't know. It was it. Yeah, I don't I don't know what else to say about this game other than we know what both these teams are. We know the Packers are way too over-reliant on their run game. Aaron Jones is an absolute superstar but they just have no weapons on the perimeter this team looks frustrated with each other i think aaron Rodgers might be leaving this season and i hope he fucking does romeo dobbs continues to show bright spots as coming out of that rookie class at least they got something going there um as far as the wide receiver room but sammy watkins has basically been a non-factor christian watson was a non-factor in this game um what's his name that i can't remember is beat up uh randall cobb obviously injured in this one so, again, just, this game basically went exactly how I thought it would. Uh, Vegas nailed the spread. and ended up being 10 points. I bought him at 9.5. So, again, that was chill. Um, <laughs> other than that, I really, if I'm being honest, I didn't watch too much of the Bengals-Browns game. I'm going to be completely honest. But what I do know from that game, I had to watch a little bit of the highlights after. I think I'll actually watch the whole highlights. Yeah, Joe Burrows, like, that O-line is still fucking trash. It's it's a problem. It's it's seriously scary. I know they got by with it last year, and they ended up making the Super Bowl with basically the same play from their offensive line. And on paper, they upgraded it, but in practice, it does not look like the it at all. This this offensive line is in shambles. Miles Miles Garrett had his way in this one, but I mean beyond that, the Browns did some really good defense things on defense. Excuse me, that rookie Emerson 
I think that's his last name. He was all over the place from start to finish in this game. Made a lot of really clutch plays for the Browns. And you love to see that from if you're a Browns fan because their defense has been very all over the place, very lackluster this year. Obviously, they've had some injuries in that regard. But, I mean, finally great to see some elite play from that side of the ball. Um, Jacoby Brissett just... Again, taking care of the rock, being efficient. Excuse me, my God. Amari Cooper throwing the ugliest interception you've ever seen in this one. Nick Chubb continuing to just be a superstar. Surprise Kareem Hunt didn't get traded, but it, it's not like it's anything that crazy at the end of the day. And Amari Cooper continuing to be a bright spot in this offense. Five catches, 131 yards, and a touchdown. Donovan Peoples-Jones continuing to stretch the field. He's developing pretty damn well. I like, I loved him, actually, coming out of Michigan. Um, thought he was really, really underrated. Great pickup for the Browns. Four catches, 20 yards per catch. So, again, really effective just throughout. And the Browns just really had their way with the Bengals in this one. Really, really good win for the Browns. They needed it desperately to stay alive in the playoff picture, especially for once Deshaun Watson gets back. So, that was it. Whew. God damn. I just ranted for fucking 40 minutes. Jesus, I haven't done that in a while. Yeah, that's it. That's all I got for you guys. Hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, be sure to follow this podcast, share this with your friends and family. Follow my Instagram at Murphy's League. It would mean a whole lot. And be sure to tune in Thursday for my preview episode with all my bets. I'm going to have power rankings on that one. And I'm probably going to cover some NBA content as well. So stay tuned in for that. And yeah, peace out, guys. Thank you.